It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Episode 121 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks, of Knicks and NBA talk. Wow, where to start after an epic, epic opening night at Madison Square Garden. We'll get to all of it from the 138-134 Classic at MSG. Last night, again, we're recording on the Thursday afternoon after the game. Had some time to digest it. Had some time to calm down after just a wild roller coaster of a night. 58 minutes of heart-pumping basketball between the Knicks and the Celtics to open up the NBA season Uh, We'll get to a big announcement that you guys have had a big part in making happen later on in the show. And we'll get to the latest on Ben Simmons as well. Where to start at MSG last night? Uh, A lot to get to here. Um, God, I hope you didn't miss this game if you're a Nick fan listening to this podcast. I was talking to some people last night after the game, and I'll, I'll touch on on more of that in a little bit. But that's got to be one of the best opening night games in NBA history. It's got to be. It's got to be. Because that was one of the best regular season games I think I've ever seen in NBA history, at least in my lifetime. That was an epic, epic game. And uh, Knicks and Celtics fans should be very proud of the way their teams fought throughout that night. So many twists and turns. 
I mean, let's start out with the fact that, you know, again, Jalen Brown was coming off of COVID protocol for Boston. He hadn't practiced in almost two weeks, I think. He dropped 46 last night, which I believe is a career high. So you got to give him a lot of credit. He he had a couple of crazy shots that he hit, including the one towards the end of regulation that he hit from the logo to get the, the Celtics back within one. So tipping the cap to him. Jason Tatum had an awful first half. He turned it around a bit in the second half. Actually had a chance to win the game for Boston in overtime before it went to double OT. He had a chance with a baseline step back jumper. He came up short. And the game at the time went to double overtime. Grant Williams had a couple of huge threes at the end of the fourth quarter to keep Boston in it. The Knicks were very close to winning this game in regulation. And I'll get to that in a second. But you got to give credit to Grant Grant Williams. Guy that that is really just trying to find his way in the NBA. He actually hit three big three-pointers in the latter stages of the fourth quarter. Just, just to keep Boston in it, frankly, down the stretch. In the end, it wasn't enough. Uh, listen, let's start with, with Julius Randle for the Knicks. A crucial first half performance from him because the Knicks were struggling in half number one. I think Jalen Brown dropped 25 of his 46 in the first half. And the Knicks needed Julius Randle to, to kind of weather the storm a little bit that Boston had thrown at them after they went on that 8-0 run to start the game. And Julius Randle answered the 25 from Jalen Brown in the first half with 22. And that was a huge little boost for the Knicks going into the halftime break because Boston, you know, again, the Knicks went up 8-0 to start, but Boston really dominated the rest of the quarter and the Knicks really needed a spark, and Julius Randle, as he always has done in the last year plus, provided that spark. R.J. Barrett really struggled in the first half. Really struggled. Was non-existent in the first half, but he finished with 19 points. And, And Kemba Walker said it after the game. A crucial, you know, moment in the game between them was Kemba just saying, you know, you're really good. Keep going. It's a long game. Games are long in the NBA. You're going to be fine. And R.J. Barrett hit some of the biggest shots of the night, most notably from three. And then the man that that stole the show, Evan Fournier, in his Knicks debut at the Garden, had 32 points, made 6 of 13 from deep, hit three huge shots in the extra sessions, just to keep it going for the Knicks when they looked like they were tired. He was epic all night and played some great defense. And by the way, so did R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett's defense on Jason Tatum was remarkable to watch all night. He was fantastic. Obi Toppin had a couple of crucial buckets in this game, momentum-shifting buckets in this game, finished with 14 points. You know, again, even I think even Jeff Van Gundy said it on the broadcast, you know, not great from three, like way off from three, but still made crucial plays on both ends of the floor. 
And, and I thought one of the unsung heroes of the night was was Mitchell Robinson, particularly towards the end of regulation. Had a couple of huge buckets to put the Knicks in position to win. And he and I was talking to some people last night about this. He's an X factor on this team. The Knicks are a different prospect when Mitchell Robinson is healthy and at full strength. And he's not he's not even at full strength, obviously. He's still getting back into you know basketball shape, I think. Eleven points and seventeen rebounds. You know, close to what we saw for a good chunk of those thirty-six games he played a season ago before he got hurt. I just I listen. Also, I actually before I go into that, Derek Rose with that crucial bucket in double overtime to kind of clinch it as well. Him off the bench is gonna be dangerous. This year, he only went three of eleven with nine points and five assists last night. He, you know, but th- if you're getting that from him consistently, the Knicks are dangerous. The Knicks are a dangerous team. I will say this: little, little bit of a you know other side of things here. Knicks should have won this game in regulation. Let me make that very clear. <laughs> and I was saying this last night. You know, in the midst of kind of being a prisoner of the moment as well, but the, the Knicks were, were up 11 with three and a half minutes to go. They should have won this game. Should have won this game. And listen, Kemba Walker made two huge mistakes down the stretch in the final 20 seconds of the game that allowed the Celtics the chance to tie it, and they took that chance. Marcus Smart hits the three at the buzzer to tie it and stun the Garden And to be fair, Evan Fournier on that last play made a huge mistake, trying to double team on the Celtics side of half court. No need to do that. Just stay on your man, and the Celtics are going to get up a contested three. They ended up getting a wide open look, and Marcus Smart sends the game to overtime. So it was a, you know, a defensive breakdown. Knicks made a couple of crucial errors down the stretch of the fourth quarter. That allowed the Celtics that chance, and they took it. You know, it's the NBA. You know, shooters that have open looks are more than likely going to make those looks. And the Celtics found that out in both overtime periods because they couldn't catch Evan Fournier on the three-point line. Evan Fournier got red hot because he kept getting open looks. And, God, the cojones on him to keep shooting these really tough shots. In the in in overtime when the Knicks needed them, these were long, deep threes that Fournier was taking and taking and making it look easy. So he he was unbelievable in his Garden debut again. Thirty five from Randall, thirty two from Fournier, nineteen from Barrett. All five uh, players for both teams in double figures. Toppin had fourteen. Walker had ten in his debut at the Garden. Robinson had 11, and the Knicks won at 138-134. I, I just want to just to bring up a couple of wacky things that happened in this game. Obviously, the end of regulation, the Knicks blow it, and they're not able to finish it off. And and I, I you have to give the, the Celtics credit. They never gave up in the game, but the Knicks handed them two gifts to get them back into it. And then, to be fair, Jalen Brown makes a, a ridiculous three-point shot. To get it within one, Randall comes up huge, makes the two free throws at the other end, 
And then the Knicks have a breakdown defensively on the inbounds play. They overcommit, and Marcus Smart ties it. Then it, it turns into the OK Corral in the first overtime. Fournier couldn't miss from three. Tatum couldn't miss from three. Brown, I think, hit another three in overtime. It was back and forth. It was epic NBA basketball. It really was amazing to watch. I remember at one point watching, and again, I'm down in Florida still for work. Literally holding my hands on my head about the shot making that was going on in overtime. It was incredible. It was incredible. You kind of you kind of put your NBA cap on for a second, and you just go, "Oh my God, this is ridiculous! No one's missing." Everyone's making their shots. This is ridiculous. And then in double overtime, the Knicks made enough plays. I think the Celtics got worn down a little bit. You know, again, they were without Al Horford last night. I think that played a part. You know, Knicks were without Nerlens Noel, which which didn't help either. You know, both teams are missing guys, but it's the start of the season. You know, legs have got to be fresh, as fresh as they can be. And the Knicks made just enough plays, got just enough stops, and Derrick Rose ends up hitting that huge shot, the little floater in the lane off the glass, I believe, to seal it. And the and the Celtics had a crazy flurry at the end. I think they put up three or four threes. Uh, Knicks played pretty solid defense at the end. Celtics missed all of them. Knicks got the rebound, and they finally were able to dribble out the clock. Before I go into the significance of the win, um, there was one other sequence that I thought summed up this game perfectly. I forget exactly when it happened. It might have been in double overtime, actually. It was one of the two overtime periods. Um, I believe the Celtics, they miss a shot. Knicks get the rebound. Randall's trying to dribble it up the court, and he has it stripped by Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown takes it. He's got a wide-open dunk. Misses the dunk off the back rim. I don't think I've ever seen Jalen Brown miss a dunk in his life. And he misses a dunk off the back of the rim. Knicks get it back. They almost turn it over again on the way up. It's a scramble to find an open man. Fournier's open, and he misses a three. And I'm just going, what's going on? What, what is this game right now? It was just craziness. And that moment, I was just like, this game's had everything. And then the broadcasters right after that, right on cue, just said, yeah, this game's had everything. What have we not seen in this game? And it was It was true. It was true. This is why we continue to watch sports. You just never know what's going to happen. It's the ultimate theater. It's the ultimate reality TV because it's actually real. It's actually happening in real time. And we're just not sure what the heck's going on. And it's amazing. The significance of the game continued to build from when Marcus Smart hit the buzzer beater. Because the Knicks should have won this game in, in regulation. Again, I keep mentioning that. It should be mentioned the Knicks should have closed this game out. They were up 11 with three and a half to go. I think they were up five or seven, something like that, 
with about 25 seconds to go, 22 seconds to go. Should have won it. Should have won the game from there. But Celtics kept fighting. Knicks made a couple of bad mistakes. And Ime Yudoka's team hits a three with Marcus Smart. Taking advantage of a Nick mistake again on, on the inbounds play to send it to overtime. From that point, the pressure was on the Knicks. Celtics were playing with house money the rest of the night. They really were. Because they were out of it. Again, they, they, they had a lead for a decent amount of the game. But as soon as the Knicks took the lead in the third, they were in control the rest of the way until the last 22 seconds. So that was on the Knicks. Down the stretch, a couple of really bad Kemba Walker mistakes that he's got to clean up, and, and, and he knows that. He's a veteran, and, and to be fair, you know, Kemba Walker had an okay debut. It wasn't great, you know, but there were some good signs there. He had, he had uh, 10 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists, but he had 4 turnovers as well, and 2 of them were extremely costly. But you know what? And, and again, it's worth reiterating, the Knicks really couldn't afford to lose the game after that. They needed to, to stand back up, get off the mat, and show the Celtics that they were still in this thing. And they more than did that. The Knicks took every punch that the Celtics fired in overtime extremely well. They never hit the mat again. And the, the Knicks delivered the knockout blow with that Derrick Rose bucket deep into the second overtime to finish it off. And then they got the stop they needed at the other end, so the Celtics couldn't make it a one-possession game. The, the Knicks, and I said this last night to a few people, the Knicks have to win games like this. You know, it was part of their DNA a season ago. And to be fair, you know, a lot of those games, not all of them, but, but a decent chunk of those games weren't, weren't against good teams. You know, they had to grind it out. And, and they, had, they still have to do that this year, to be fair. But against the good teams, the Knicks tended to lose close games at times last year. You know, to the Sixers, to the Nets. You know, games like that, right? Where the Knicks were there, they were in it. And they weren't able to finish it off. You know, they had opportunities to win. They didn't take them. This is a great example of the Knicks growing from that. The Knicks had a chance, right? They had another chance at the end of regulation to win it. They didn't take it, but they didn't give up. They didn't hang their heads. And that's the, that's culture right there. That's Tom Thibodeau. That's this Knicks organization learning from its mistakes. And the Knicks didn't blink in overtime. They didn't blink. And they used the fresh legs of Derrick Rose to get over the top in double overtime and win it 138, yes, 138 to 134 over the Boston Celtics in one of the best regular season games I think I've seen in a few years, at least. That game had everything. It had big-time performances from debut guys against former teams as well. It had an amazing atmosphere because it's the Garden and it's always amazing. It was a rivalry. It was the Knicks and the Celtics, New York and Boston to open up the season. It was a new coach, Ime Udoka, making his debut with the Celtics. And to be fair, 
he he's looking pretty good with the way he's got them playing so far. Well, again, it's one game, and I'm still hesitant to see how the Celtics are going to do this year. But again, I've, and I've said this from the beginning, as long as Tatum and Brown are on that team, man, they're going to be dangerous. So you got to keep an eye on the Celtics. But it, it had twists and turns, had a buzzer beater. It had shooting of the highest quality, crazy dunks. The OB top and poster dunk over Peyton Pritchard was nuts. It, it had immense drama in overtime with nobody being able to miss from three. It had that crazy sequence I mentioned earlier with a steal, a missed dunk, another almost steal, a missed three, and then a stop at the other end, and then a charge, and then it was everything. It was everything you want out of an NBA basketball game. And God, I wish I was at the Garden. It was just awesome last night. It was amazing. And again, you're going to hear this on Friday, so Wednesday night. It was amazing on Wednesday. It was amazing. The game was epic. The crowd was epic. The rivalry was epic. The finish was epic. And the Knicks get a huge win at the start of the season. It's, it's, a, it's a game that could really springboard the early parts of the season. Because these are the kind of games the Knicks would struggle in at times last year. They wouldn't always lose them. Again, the Knicks, the Knicks had won 40-plus games for a reason last year. But with this new team together, that's a big early feather in the cap for the Knicks. Again, it's one game. Knicks have got to clean up some late-game execution. That's for sure. No question. You know, the erraticness from Kemba Walker has got to be cleaned up a little bit as far as his ball handling. Again, he's, he'll take that with his shooting because he can get very hot, but... Can't have that with the ball handling. You know, that's got to be... A, the Those those decisions late on have got to be better. And the Knicks know that. But man, oh man. What a bleeping game that was last night. After the game... And this is what I'll get into first before... Actually, you know what? Jeez. I'm, I'm, we're already... It's already time for a break. Oh my goodness. Wow, that's how much we've had to talk about this week with this game. I just spent half the show just on one game. That's how good it was. All right, we have a time thing. We'll take it here. I don't want to take it. I want to keep talking, but we'll, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk more about Knicks Celtics last night, what the Knicks have ahead against Orlando, the great news involving the show that you guys had a big hand in helping with, And we'll talk about what the heck's going on with Ben Simmons and him getting thrown out of practice. All that and more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, so we'll touch on the Ben Simmons stuff to finish the show. We'll get to that later. We've talked a lot about him. There's an update. We will get to that later on because I, I there's too much good stuff to talk about right now with the Knicks. And it's a Knicks podcast. Knicks come first around here. We'll continue this conversation. So after the game last night, first of all, got a lot of texts from people excited. Again, I've said this for months now. It's just great to have a smile on my face talking about the Knicks again. And it's just an epic game. A lot of a lot of text just saying, wow, what a bleeping game that was. And you can use your imagination on what that bleeping stands for. It it's it's up there, man. Regular season and opening night of the season games. That's gotta be at the close to the top. I'm not going to put it at the top because I have no I have no frame of reference for this. And I'm probably being a prisoner of the moment when I say this. But that was epic. That was a playoff game. It had a playoff-type atmosphere. It had a playoff-type intensity. And already, again, kudos to, to Ime Udoka and the Celtics for giving us an early statement and showing you how good they're going to be this year. That was a game where I think both fans leave and just go, man... That was awesome. That was an awesome game. And listen, Celtics fans are going to be crushed. They had a chance to win the game. Got back into the game late. Hit a huge three. Descended to overtime. But the Celtics weren't able to hang with the Knicks in double overtime. That's the bottom line. Knicks made enough plays to win the game. But you've got to feel proud with the way the Celtics fought if you're a Boston fan. You really do. Jalen Brown was awesome. Jason Tatum came on late in the second half, had a couple of big buckets, almost won it in in overtime. Had a chance to win it, as I mentioned earlier, with that step-back jumper came up short. So just an epic game. Just an epic, epic game. So anyway, after the game, um, I ended up getting a chance to talk with some Knicks fans about it, and that leads me into this new venture with the podcast that we're doing. And... um, and you guys are a big reason why this is happening. So a big thank you to you guys for your constant support of the podcast week in and week out. You guys seem to love the preview last week. Uh, I still don't know if I'm sticking by any of those picks a week later, by the way. I still feel like I should go back and redo it. But that's how it is every year, it feels like, recently, at least doing the NBA. You just don't know what the heck's going to happen. So um, anyway... Just about a week ago, maybe a little over a week ago, we were uh, the podcast, myself in particular, was, uh, was reached out to by Clubhouse, which is an audio uh, platform where you can go on and have conversations about any topic, basically from sports to, um, to business to really anything in between, and was reached out by their sports department to, to come on and do Nick stuff you know, through the podcast, and, and we've already started. 
Uh, I'm really excited about it. Again, you guys with the popularity that the show has gained over the last two to three years are a big reason why we probably were even thought of. Uh, it's it's the NBA uh, fan club on Clubhouse. NBA creator crew is what we're a part of now. Uh, and it's the same. It's the Shock Shock Knicks talk on there. Um, we already have over 100 members of the group. Um, the first like main show we're going to do is going to be on Monday, looking back at uh, the weekend and week of Knicks basketball, the th- first three games of the season, and looking at NBA news and, and stuff like that. Um, and that's what we're going to try to do Try to do every week. Uh, it's going to probably be a different day of the week every week. I don't want to do it always on a Knicks game day. So that might change the day of the week. So October 25th, it's at 6 o'clock Eastern time on Clubhouse. Um, Shock Shock Knicks talk, or you can look my name up, Sean St. Jacques, on Clubhouse. You can follow me there. You can join the Knicks uh, club there that I have set up again under Shock Shock Knicks Talk. Uh, ob- already over 100 members have joined in the last week, and, I, and I'm really excited about it. We talked with a few of the fans uh, after the game last night. It was a lot of fun. Casim, uh, Uriah, uh, who I think is actually a Sixers fan. He's part of the NBA creator crew. Nobody stopped by. Um, Bamboo as well, and a few other people joined in the audience. It was a ton of fun. I'm hoping to keep doing it and growing it. I would. I do want to apologize uh, to, to some of the fans that didn't know about this. I, that's on me. I don't know how to use the app yet. I'm still like figuring it out. And I didn't realize I could open it up to more than just the NBA Knicks page that we now have, that group. So I didn't realize that. I didn't know that until I was texted after the after it was done. I was like, you could open that up. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know how to do it. And now I do. So... We're going to open it up. We want everybody in there. We're not just going to talk Knicks. We're going to talk NBA. Again, you can follow me there, Sean St. Jacques on Clubhouse or Shock Shock Knicks Talk on Clubhouse. We're excited to see where this goes. I really am excited. Uh, big shout out to Sean Brown over at Clubhouse, the head of sports there, for giving us this platform to continue to grow the show and uh, continue to grow um, the Knicks fandom around here and to bring it on to clubhouse which is an extremely successful app is, ex- is is just extremely exciting for me and uh it seems like the, the people that have already followed are excited as well so again shock shock nicks talk on clubhouse uh join the club there and follow me on clubhouse as well sean st jacques the place to go for that and um again so the plan is to do um a show once a week, just recapping the week that was in Knicks uh, news and games and things like that, and NBA news. And then for select games, we're going to do pre and or post game stuff. We did post game for Knicks Celtics last night. It was a little bit impromptu, but we were we were kind of encouraged to do it because it was such a big game and we couldn't really say no. We had to do it, so it was a lot of fun. Couldn't couldn't help ourselves, right? So that was a ton of fun and. On top of that, you know, we want to do, uh, you know, again, some pregame stuff as well, potentially. So, I, and again, I do want to, I do want to preface this, you know, I have other work, you know, it, it, this is, uh, I hate to say it, it's not my main source of income. So I can't do the clubhouse stuff, you know, daily. It's not possible. I have so much other work going on. But I'd like to do it, you know, once or once or twice a week, 
you know, I really would like to try and, and get that uh, going. And there's also, again, uh, through the main NBA club on Clubhouse, you can hear me there too. I'm going to try to be on there once a week when they have the big NBA, you know, potpourri between all the creators and fans and you know, almost like a weekly state of the NBA podcast, uh, live podcast. So I was on there last week. I, I guess it was actually earlier this week. Um, on Tuesday, ton of fun to kick off the season. We had a blast. It went really well. We had a ton of people show up. It was great. And I'm hoping you guys will show up for our next content there as well. I'm really excited about it. And I hope you guys are too. So I'll plug it one more time. Uh, Sean St. Jacques, you can follow me there on Clubhouse. Um, you can also go to the Shock Jacques Knicks Talk group and join the group there. It's easy. It's free to join. Um, no strings attached. Just join and you can talk with me live about Nick's stuff pre post game or on, on a weekly basis doing the show. Or again, go to the, to the main uh, NBA page on clubhouse. Let me get the name up for it. That was a ton of fun. You know, talking to the other people that, that are going to have pages, uh, you know, doing NBA stuff. It was the, uh, it was just the NBA fan club. That's what it's called. NBA fan club. Uh, shout out to Isaiah Johnson, Jared Adams and company for running that. That was a ton of fun. And I'm told that's going to happen every week. So uh, we're also trying to get that up to a hundred thousand members. It's at just over 80 K at the moment. Uh, so make sure you help with that as well. And again, October 25th, 6 PM official shock, shock, Knicks talk, Knicks season kickoff. We're going to look back at the week that was in Knicks basketball, and we'll look at some NBA news as well. These will probably be hopefully like 20 to 40 minutes, depending on how many people show up, but I really hope you guys can can tune in and uh, and give us your thoughts on how the Knicks are doing and, and NBA news as well. So I'm really excited about that, and again, you guys are a big reason why this is happening, so a big thank you to you for your continued support of the show and uh, long may it continue because you guys are giving me this great opportunity to grow this community, which I've been trying to do now for a while. And uh, this opportunity just came along a little over a week ago, and I'm excited to see how quickly uh, it's it's already kind of going, and, and we're excited to see where it can go from here, obviously. Already over 100 members in the Shock Shock Knicks Talk Club. I hope you guys join it as well. And again, the podcast won't stop. We're still doing the podcast every Friday at 9am, obviously like this week. So that's not going to change. Um, you're just going to have more access to me and other Knicks fans, uh, through clubhouse, which is a really, really cool thing. And other NBA fans too. Again, we're going to open the club up so that that we're going to do that moving forward. Uh, so we don't have to, you know, uh, so nobody misses out. So I'm excited, and I hope you guys are excited about it as well. Okay, to finish off the show, let's talk more Ben Simmons. And we talked about I talked about this on Clubhouse earlier this week. I talked about this on the podcast at nauseum, um, but I don't think we mentioned this latest little twist uh, in the story, which is that Ben Simmons came to practice earlier this week and was then kicked out of practice. For being a distraction. And basically what happened was Ben Simmons was ignoring coaches, not going through the the proper motions, 
was really not being a team player whatsoever, was checked out from the get-go, essentially. And Doc Rivers and company basically had had enough. And they said, you know what? You can do this at home. You don't have to do this here. And they threw him out. They threw him out of practice. Um, since then, uh, Trav- uh, Travis, geez, Jason Kelsey, uh, I believe of the Eagles in the NFL, came out and basically said, uh, quote, just play better, man. This city will love you. Um, Jason Kelsey, of course, Eagles legend um, from that Super Bowl championship team. I don't think he's still on the team, is he? That was the only thing I forgot to check uh, before uh, before I came out. I guess he is. He's still a center on the team. Uh, but he was basically on NBC Sports Philly. And he didn't want to crush Ben Simmons, but, you know, just said it's a lack of accountability, not owning up to mistakes. And he said, they're going to love you if you if you make your game better and improve your game and be a team player is essentially what uh, Jason Kelsey said. And he's right, you know, he's right. But Ben Simmons, I think, is long past that. And I think at this point, the Sixers are long past that. Surely now... The Sixers have to say to themselves, F off, Ben. You're not coming back. And there's nothing, you know, there's, this is, it's, it's over, right? You're cutting them off as best you can. That's it. You know, the Nets had to do that with Kyrie and they basically said, you're not going to be a part-time player. It's done. And the Sixers have finally had to say to Ben Simmons, all right, bud, that's enough. We're not putting up with that anymore. And you know what? Rightfully so. The Sixers are good this year again. And in my opinion, Ben Simmons will hold them back if he plays. And the Celtics, I'm sure, saw that in that practice and said, this is not helping anybody. Doc Rivers said he was sucking the fun out of practice. Said everyone else was having a great time, enjoying themselves. We were getting better, having a, having a good practice. And Ben Simmons is is the kid in the corner who won't who won't uh, who won't shut up because somebody stole the red crayon and he only colors in red crayon. You know what I mean? It's that kind of juvenile behavior we're talking about here. And I get it; he wants out, man. But this is called burning bridges. I get it. It's a player's league, and there's been conversations that I've seen over the last 24 hours about you know, how Adam Silver may, might be giving the players a little too much power. It's a very interesting discussion, in my opinion, but and maybe that's a discussion we can have on a different podcast, but we're, we're a little low on time. However, this is you know, impacting... The trade market for him. Clearly, this is impacting the trade market for him. It's a double-edged sword, right? The Sixers want a star in return for Ben Simmons. Here's the problem. The teams don't think he's worth that because of his attitude. And the fact that it's his way or the highway. And his way doesn't include getting better at shooting, whether it's from 15 feet out or further, or from the free throw line. And when that's the case, you can't 
Take that risk. He's taking up too much salary to say, yeah, what the heck? Let's roll the dice on this one. You're going to get snake eyes. It's almost inevitable at this point. And I was having this discussion with with the other NBA people on Clubhouse and we were just saying it it might have to be like a really small market now that takes a risk on Ben Simmons when when it's good for them to do so financially. You know, a team like maybe New Orleans or Houston. I'm not saying they're small in market, but, you know, they're not good at the moment. So it's you know, those are the two common denominators right now. Either it's a small market where he's not going to get a lot of pressure on him, or it's a bad team where no one's going to give them any media attention. So you're looking at New Orleans, Houston, Sacramento, I don't know, maybe. Some people were going back to, to the Golden State talk. He would fit perfectly with Golden State. Wouldn't even have to improve his game. I got news for you, man. If you're a point guard, you still got to shoot the damn ball. So he's still going to have to improve his game. But I'll concede that, that Golden State is probably the best option basketball-wise. But I got news for you. Golden State looked pretty damn good the other night. I don't know if they need them. And by the way, they're they're letting Clay take his time. When Clay gets back, I'm expecting him to be at 110%. And the Warriors are dangerous from there. I don't know if they're going to be an NBA title contender, but they're they're not going to be anywhere near the play-in. If Clay Thompson is at 100%, they will be, they'll be nowhere near it. And that means, you know, there could be some teams that you're not expecting to be in the play-in that are in the play-in this year. Because remember, Golden State took up one of those spots with the Lakers. I don't see the Lakers being anywhere near there, and I don't see the Warriors being anywhere near there. So you could be looking at a, Ma- at a Mavericks or a Blazers, you know, in that play-in spot, you know, if they're not too careful. So it's going to be, it's going to be extremely intriguing, man. It's going to be extremely intriguing. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to get moved by the way. I'm pretty set on that now. I think the Sixers are stuck with him, and I don't think he's going to play. So he's just going to be rotting a rotting contract on the roster. And then maybe we'll see at the trade deadline. What happens? I, I, I honestly don't know at this point because the Sixers have not moved their price on Ben Simmons. It doesn't seem like they've done it at all. Which makes this a very tricky situation. It really does. So that that's all. That's all I've got on it at the moment. Let me know your thoughts on that. Let me know your thoughts on the Knicks. And let me know your thoughts on, on, this, uh, on this new venture we're doing here with, with this podcast and Clubhouse. And I hope you guys will join us over there as well. Again, you can follow me there. Sean St. Jacques, uh, my full name is there you can follow my profile on there you'll never miss uh, a session where we're talking Knicks live on the app again it's a mobile app for ios so that's how you can uh, you can download the app on your phone and join us for that or you can join the nba fan club or the nba creator crew i should say and the nba fan club the big one on there as well and the shock shock Knicks talk for the weekly sessions or you can just follow me because if you follow me doesn't matter whether it's an open, which it's probably going to be every time now because I want to include as many people as possible, 
um, or just that the Shock Shock Knicks Talk crew, you won't miss anything. You'll always get a, not- a notification when I go on live, and you can chat with me and other Knicks fans about the games, about the NBA, and things with basketball in general. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Now more than ever, thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Hit me up on Clubhouse. Hit me up on Twitter, at SJ7. What a game. What a night. Knicks have a back-to-back with Orlando. We'll talk about that and more next week. Until then, have a great week. And I'll see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network, and New York, we here.